Yo, welcome to Beast Podcast. And if you don't know, Beast stands for bringing empowerment and skills together. And that's exactly what we strive to do on this show. We talk life skills, we talk financial literacy, we talk personal development. All these things are going to help you be a better you. So stay tuned and enjoy the show. Um, I mean, we're going to get right into it. So I guess... Yeah. For all the listeners out there, introduce yourself, uh, three things you're grateful for. Okay. Um, so yeah, my name's Ilana Rifkin. I am 25 years old, living in Cranston, Rhode Island. Um, <laughs> you said intro myself, so I'm like, give me, give me a whole intro. Nah, like, what good. else do you want to know? I like long walks on the beach, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what, um, okay, the three things I'm grateful for. Um, waking up this morning, right? Life itself, something to be grateful for. Um... I'd say grateful for my dog, who has been a wonderful emotional support companion for me the last couple months. Yeah. Um, and I'm grateful for you, shit, what? Giving me a platform to be able to just speak and, and connect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, that, and that's what it's for. That's, that's why I love the podcast. You can connect with people and have like real genuine conversations about like real life stuff exactly, so yeah. I mean, if you're talking about real life stuff and you were going ahead and giving your whole bio you can kind of go <laughs> into like where you're from like you know not like where you're from like uh born and raised and you know uh born at this hospital but like, yeah <laughs> where you're from like where you went to school like what are you yeah. doing now and then and then we'll for sure okay it. cool yeah so i was born and raised in new york and you know don't like go into all the whole thing but um i came out to rhode island to go to college so i went to the university of rhode island graduated in 2018 um and after i graduated there i decided to stay in rhode island to start my professional career um i felt like i had built enough of a network to really kickstart my independent life and just do this thing on my own without going back and you know seeking support elsewhere so um i've been on my own since i was 17 and you know pretty much immediately started my career and very ambitiously started my own business um when i was in college and then um, that took me through many, many different career paths. But now I'm fat finding myself in the big tech world as a technical recruiting coordinator for Twitter. Um, so yeah, it's I've been there just over six months. So it's been it's been a wild ride now. It's been a wild ride. Yeah. So there's a lot of challenges that kind of led you into like this position that you're currently in. Like yeah. to go from having your own business to I mean at one point you were doing like media design mm-hmm. like and. Like, so take me through how you got into your initial, like, what was your business, how you mm-hmm. got into that, and then talk about that transition, like, getting into, I mean, going from on your own, um, working for yourself yeah. to, like, working for somebody For somebody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, it, it was, when I was in college, so I, I studied film, um, I never really had any interest in the arts to that extent. I've, I've been a musician my whole life, but never saw, like, the other side of things where, um, that creative outlet and, and for me it became like a storytelling tactic so I fell in love with filmmaking um, I did a lot of documentary style work when I was a student and over time a lot of departments on the campus I was at you know recognized that I had an eye for it so they hired me across campus um, within multiple departments to make some like creative content for them um, and I was a part of the orientation staff um, bringing on all the incoming students so I actually managed 
all of the media um, and developed all the media for the incoming students and as like promotional marketing materials for oh, this wow. for the university all while I was a student. So it gave me kind of an opportunity to understand what it would be like to start my own business, to understand what it's like to have a contract, understand what it's like to lose a fuck ton of money because I didn't know how to value myself. And I learned that, you know, all while being a full-time student. That was literally and like, the thought going through my mind. Yeah. I'm like, yo, the college was making bread off of you. No, like, they were. They marketing. were. I get somebody to run all my channels and they're doing it for. I did it for like 200 bucks type shit. You know what I'm like, saying? Yeah, like, like in, in a semester or some like, shit. Yeah. A, a stipend. Exactly. No, no, it's exactly what That's it was. What it was a stipend. It. Yeah. yeah. So it was some bullshit, you know, <laughs> but like. I don't know. I just I loved I loved the the being able to work with people, the be being able to like develop my project, have creative freedom, and then also build relationships with they were clients. But at the time, I didn't understand that because I was so just like, oh, I'm just doing this, you know, mm. here and there type thing. So when I graduated, I struggled to find a job. I actually was supposed to work full time for my university, and then about like three weeks before I was supposed to move to an apartment in Providence, the job fell through. They lost their funding. It was like a grant funded thing that they were mm. making for me essentially, and then the funding just dissipated. And so here I was, like fresh out of college, twenty one, like oh I'm about to live on my own, whatever, in Providence, and I had no job, no income, mm. no idea how I was gonna pay my rent. Um, and I just woke up one day, I was actually, um, invited to be a part of a leadership group called leadership, Rhode Island, college leadership, Rhode Island. It was for current students and recent grads, basically this year long leadership program where once a month we would have day long retreats. Um, and we'd be connecting with every single industry in the state, all the, like the biggest, most powerful CEOs of this company and executive directors of this nonprofit. And we basically just got a chance to network and also learn from these leaders. So they were like giving presentations? Or just yeah. So it'd be like, it would be like different, well, it'd be like collaborative opportunities as well. So it'd be like, we would go, we'd have an eight hour day and we'd maybe spend like two or three hours of the day listening to like panels of speakers. And then we would also get involved with whatever initiatives they were working on or worked like collectively amongst each other to be able to provide it was like very tan hands-on tangible type outcome as well where we all collaborated on what we were passionate about and then also how we could better like I guess essentially help the future leaders and be the future leaders in the state of Rhode Island and it's like I think the stat is like there's representation from at least one person from every single company in the state of Rhode Island that have gone through that program. So all the major mm. leaders have been through it. And it's like a it's a, basically a way to learn about leader, your leadership style, uh, professional development, and then also build that network externally. Yeah. So having that at 21 and having no connections really outside of URI, because second I left that place, I realized, oh, all my connections are still there. Well, how is that going to help me translate that into real life? Mm, ding, and ding, ding. Yeah, it ding, didn't. Ding, ding. It was like, oh, shit, wait, I can't go back and, you know, stay in the university mentality, which is what I was doing for the longest, because college doesn't, I mean, they prepare you for little shit, right? But they did not connect me outside of the university. They wanted to keep me kind of at that playing field where I could just surround myself by them, but I couldn't grow beyond mm -hmm. that. And so I had to take that initiative to do something more. And then that program was like kind of the, the key that I needed. And I think that's yeah. important too, because like when, when, and myself included, when people go to college, like they're just looking at it like, I'm going into this field, I want to learn about this field mm -hmm. so I can get this particular job. They're yeah. not really looking at the mm -hmm. fact that, uh, like you talk about like, use the term like living like a college student or, or, or kind of, I, I don't know the exact terminology, yeah. but like, 
people do that. They graduate college and then they're like, oh, snap, like this school doesn't really care about. I mean, I want to say they don't care about my success, yeah. but they're not the true controller of your, nah. their, your success. You are. So you have to use that education and use those networks yep. to try to reach out and, exactly. and build your own, because if not. What are you going to do? Go back to the school, ask them for a job? Like, yeah. That's not what it's designed to do. No. But people have that wrong mentality. Like, I just do this, do this, and then I get this. Yeah. So. It's because people think it's a stepping stone. Like, okay, once I get this, it's my key. It's my ticket to the next step. But what people don't realize, it's like, you literally have to make that happen for yourself. Nobody's going to do it for you. And I had that wake up call for sure. And I was like, okay. Mm. But I knew that I was built for that because I felt like that's how I got to where I was already. Even doing everything I had done at the university, I was the one taking that initiative. But the, I saw a lot of people around me that were living in that mentality of just waiting for someone to show up at their doorstep. Mm. And I had my own moments where I felt that too. I was like... I was, I was looking for a job for so long after graduating and I just felt like, how is nobody, you know, how is there no opportunity here at all? And mm -hmm. I just kept feeling like I got to the end. I would, I interviewed at like Brown University and a couple of other places and I got to like this final round of these interview processes that were like three, four weeks long and then they mm -hmm. would always choose the other candidate. And it was just like this constant thing that happened. It went on for like seven months and I just was in the state of frustration all the time. And it, that's why I really, really got into my own business because for one, I had like no source of income and I had to do something. And two, I had basically been doing that for so long already. I just didn't put a brand to it. I didn't attach mm. anything to it. And so I just had it as like, oh, I just do like little freelance projects here and there. And then the leadership program that I was a part of hired me to do promotional material for them. Mm. And that's when I kind of had a wake up call because when I was building and filming for them, I was connected to a lot of people because what I was filming was this program that they were developing for like um, leaders around the United States coming to Rhode Island to collaborate. So oh. I got to meet all of these leaders focused on their strengths, focusing on like, at like really um, enhancing their industries collectively with people from Rhode Island. So I got to meet them and then they kind of made me realize that I can do something more with what I was doing because, mm. you know, those types of mentality, they always want to know like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Who are you and why are you mm -hmm. here? Like mm -hmm. they ask the right questions. So it just kind of made me reflect and recognize my own capacity to be able to actually do it. And so the next day, literally mm -hmm. the next day, I made business cards. I attached Rivkin Productions. I already had a logo. I just didn't do anything with it. Made business cards the next day. Went to like three or four more film opportunities with them. Um, and at shoots, I just gave out my business cards. And it was like overnight where I was able to get clients and was able to start to articulate what I was trying to do with my work. Because for a while, I just saw myself as like, I'm a storyteller, you know, whatever that mm -hmm. means. But I recognize that there's a place in those particular industries and like at the at the top where they needed more support in this way. And there wasn't really a person for that in the area. So and so that, found I that found niche, that little. Yeah. yeah that and then niche, I went. That blue ocean, skirt, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I was like, OK. Yeah. And like it wasn't it, it wasn't as lucrative as I wanted it to be. So I think that was a challenge for me because still being young and then being intimidated by the people I was working around, mm. I felt like I didn't know how to ask for what I needed. And so I found myself doing, you know, four or five free edits for people when they mm. would give me all this critique about my work because I would take it personally when they didn't like what I was doing and I'd feel like a sense of threat. Oh my God, this person, she's the executive director of this nonprofit. I want to earn her respect. You know, I'm this young person trying mm. to make it. Da, da, da. And so I would just give away free work a lot. 
And I was like, nah, this is not going to work for me. You so know? When, did, when did you have that revelation? Because I feel like all anybody who's been in entrepreneurship has come into that roadblock where they're like, 100%. OK, like I know there's a fine line between I know I have to do things to get to where I need to go. And like people just trying to take advantage of, yeah. you know, kind of my heart and what I love to do. So what was it that that made it click for you to kind of start to make that? Yeah, I think it I think it took like five or six times for it to actually click. And it happened in a varying like in varying levels, varying extremes mm. where like the first time it happened, I just remember myself feeling like I exhausted my energy for like three months on a project that if I and I did the math at the end of that three months and I lost thousands of dollars in time and I put in how much time I actually put into that project versus what the payout was it was thousands of dollars and I started to feel the weight of that because my energy was depleted to the point where I had no time to devote to other clients to building my brand even more or to finding a more secure form of income so I felt the weight and I just was like I can't keep doing this especially because I felt like I was being taken advantage of and I noticed it because of how many times they the same client kept asking for more and more and more and more and how many times I found myself just saying yes and I had to really learn how to set boundaries. I mean, it, that's not an easy thing, still not an easy thing for mm -hmm. me, but like just to start that process of setting boundaries. And once I did that, I realized like, oh, okay, cool. I have more control in this situation than I thought. And if I'm gonna burn a bridge, like so be it. If that's what they're gonna think and see me as, like that's more on them. My it's integrity or if they like me because of the decision exactly. I made. Because no matter the decision, it's up to them if they're gonna like yeah. me. You can't control that, but exactly. you gotta live with yourself. And that's a huge, that's been a theme in my life, honestly. And mm. I think that because I didn't have a lot of influence to understand that piece, mm. especially growing up, I didn't know that I could make a different choice. I thought like I, because I've just been a people pleaser my whole life. And so I thought I had to do that because it's the most important thing for me is to be accepted and liked and appreciated, all these things. Mm. So I would do whatever. And that, that's been a theme always. And so I started to slowly make that realization like, oh, you know what? It doesn't have to be that way and i need to be able to move on within myself if i'm not going to be able to maintain a, a strong relationship with them like okay and on to the next and there's more opportunity for me you know what i'm saying and i think that same theme that same thing exactly happened like four more times with different clients and it was almost like every single time I learned a little bit more, mm -hmm. a, le a lesson was showing, shown up a little bit more. And I realized to the end, look, it was the last project. I mean, I was working, I ended up getting a job at a nonprofit really through the leadership program I was part of. I built a bunch of connections and they led me to a job opportunity because I needed more, you know, I really, I needed income in order to support myself. So I took that job and I was still doing my own freelance work on the side. Mm -hmm. And that was like, way too much i was working a job that was supposed to be part-time 25 hours a week and that job was a staff of four people total and i ended up working like 60 hours for getting paid for 25. Mm. and then on top of that i was doing my own work with my clients right after and so what is this time frame you said you graduated 2018 so this is a 2019 this, at this is point? this i got hired at that job so i started i put my brand attached my brand in like September, yeah, midway of September. So just right after I moved into Pro moved to Providence, because I, I graduated in you know May 2018. I still worked for URI until August 2018, doing the orientation shit I was talking about. Mm -hmm. And then I moved into the apartment in September. And then like two weeks later, I had my business cards, 
And for like six months, I was just doing the business work. And then February 2019 is when I got hired by the nonprofit. Okay. And then I was from February until like August, I was still balancing both. I was doing freelance work. And it was that August or really like even a little bit later than that, that I realized like this is too much. I can't be doing both these things because it wasn't sustainable. My mental health, my physical health suffered so much. That was what I think woke me up the most mm. is I found myself in like physical ailment situations where I couldn't, I wasn't sleeping, I wasn't eating, I was in the hospital, I was like super, mm. super sick multiple times and it just wasn't worth it anymore for like penny change that I was getting in return. So there was just this last project that I had done and then I decided to focus my energy 100% on what I was doing um, with, with, my, with the nonprofit. And then I worked, I worked there total for like a year and some change. Which was also like a terrible time. Yeah, because they were they were like beaten into the ground, literally hours. taking yeah. out everything, everything. So, so that was you saying up until like September, August, you worked there six months. So that brings us to February twenty twenty, March twenty twenty, March twenty twenty. Right was, when I got COVID. Oh, okay. See, so I met you beginning of was it twenty nineteen. We met in twenty. We met early twenty nineteen or midway twenty nineteen. So 2019? it was if it was twenty nineteen, it was probably like October November time frame. Mm-hmm. I do remember it was during basketball season because I was coaching. Yes, but I don't think we really had games at that point yet. Okay, so yeah, it, it was like early like, season. Yeah, yeah. It was. So, I think it was around my birthday. My birthday's in October. Yeah, because so. I remember you were still doing the video stuff. Because mm-hmm. that's how that's how we continued to connect with yes. the video stuff. Because so at that so. point, I was trying to shift what I was doing to be less. Um, I guess what's it called like media I was trying to produce less and I was trying to um provide more like uh, consulting opportunities back, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'd say like back end support exactly yeah. yeah so that's why I was trying that's when I started to shift my business model a little bit and so I started to my passion became less of like let me show up and like do the physical work but more so like I want to provide support and advice to clients so I started to kind of make a little bit of a shift which was way less work in the long run and like I felt like I was able to build mm. better relationships um at that point so that's when I started to find like oh I could still do this but in a different way okay so that's March okay so COVID time happens COVID time begins COVID's a thing in America mm-hmm. so take me through that 2020 up until now so what happened yeah. you obviously came at a crossroads like I can't do this anymore so talk yeah. to me about that transition point yeah I mean it was really me waking up and and being in the hospital and like being super sick with covid where i was doing the most up until the point where i literally couldn't breathe Mm. and i got super sick this was the i had put my two weeks into my job i was already on my way out i was interviewing at other companies i was ready to it was actually i was interviewing for um like a, a film like collaborative in Newport and I was like ready to get back into that world but it was going to be more like production based and then the world stopped about two weeks after I got super sick and I had taken like some time to work from home when I was sick and I was supposed to leave that job like March 23rd or some shit like that but on March 5th is when I went to the hospital and then they thought I had a blood clot in my lung I had I was there for I don't know. No, no one could come in with me. It was like right when COVID mm. started to be a thing, but they didn't know. They didn't have any testing. They had no testing. They had no idea what the symptoms were. So I was just 
die. Like I, it felt like I was straight dying. Like it was and the scariest. Just knew what... And I had I don't I don't have family here. Like it was the Man. scariest experience of my life, a thousand percent. So at that point, I didn't give a fuck about work. That was the last thing on my mind. I was just trying to figure out how to literally survive. So what I was supposed to do was I was supposed to go back to work. I ended up never going back. I ended up quitting like off rip. I was just like, this is, I'm not going to heal in the next two weeks to be able to provide enough work to like support my leave date. So like, let's just split the difference and say bye, peace. So never went back. They still have my shit to this. I mean, I'm sure they threw it out by now, but I ne- I literally never walked in that place ever again. Mm. And then what happened was two weeks of me being sick I couldn't, I just didn't feel like I was getting any better. So I ended up going back to New York to be with family to like get support because I just couldn't handle what was going on. I didn't feel like I had a support system here. So I left Rhode Island with no job, mm-hmm. with no idea what was going to happen to me at all. And then I was supposed to be there for like two weeks and I stayed for three months. Mm. Stayed for three months and I developed like a heart condition from that experience i had to like relearn how to walk like it it was it was as bad as people say it is yeah Mm. and so i feel like my whole perspective on life changed my value system changed everything that was important to me shifted it was basic life shit that i had to relearn to like (laughs) the point where i didn't know what the next five ten years of my life were going to look like that's how bad it was Mm. i didn't know if i'd be able to get past it at all yeah it was some shit um, and so I think about that. I don't think about it often, but just thinking about it now, it's funny. It's like, damn, how the fuck am I here? This about to hit in four days is the two year anniversary of that happening. Mm. And I'm like, how the fuck? Right. So it's like that was going on. I didn't know if I'd come back to Rhode Island, but I was still paying rent at an apartment. I was still paying rent, uh, the department that I hadn't been at three months, you know? And I just felt like, the, the slow healing progression that I was going through, I needed to, I needed to do something 10 times better for myself. So I didn't know what my career path would look like. I didn't know how I'd be able to like find something that would work with like my health at that point too. Mm-hmm. Cause I didn't feel strong enough to go into a job and try to like interview at all these places. So it was kind of a saving grace, but the person I was dating at the time, his family had like a small um, internet company that provided internet solutions to like rural areas of the u.s like fucking random i didn't have any experience in it at all didn't know what it was going to be like but we had gone up to visit them in maine and like i expressed like what i was going through and that i i was desperate i had no income at all and they offered me a job just like on site and i could work remotely could learn you know from them like it was just the perfect setup it was not anything extravagant in terms of pay it was like you know i could have found anything similar pay but like to have an opportunity like that and to work remotely which is what i needed during covid and then it gave it basically opened up the door for me to be able to move because i needed to get out of the situation i was in there was a lot of wild shit going on in my apartment my downstairs neighbors were cooking meth i was exposed to that i remember shit was wild yeah so just everything in my surroundings needed to change and i think getting covid was my wake-up call and then some you know so I I made it I made the biggest change you know I I looked at apartments for probably like a month when I got back maybe a little more, and I found this place and I was like you know what I know it's out of my budget and I know this is gonna kill me, but 
I need, like, it just, I didn't care because of how bad things had gotten that I needed to set myself up for the best possible scenario. I had never lived alone before. I was terrified. I had no idea what that'd be like because I've always had people, at least somebody in my space. And so I hadn't even really spent time alone, alone like that. But I was like, you know what? This is, this is the time. I just, I kept feeling like this sense of urgency with everything that had gone on in that year that I was like, I'm just going to give shit a try because guess what? This is the only time I have guaranteed right now. So if it doesn't work out, I will figure it out. And I just trusted myself enough to know that I would figure it out. Mm. That was a transition. But I think having the remote job was helpful because I didn't ever really, I, like, I had time to get comfortable here while also like having something I needed to wake up for every day, which helped me because I think that I would have slipped into just like the darkest. I mean, I was depressed because you, you've for been by yourself sure. for so long. You get sick now. You pride yourself on being a, a person like a go getter. Yeah. And now you can't go get my energy was so depleted that I couldn't go any I couldn't even stand in the grocery store for like more than 10 minutes. I would I would feel like I was going to pass out. So it's funny because like um I was, it's not funny, but this, this morning I was listening to, um, an audio, an audio book type of thing, Earl Nightingale. And he was talking about the, the power of your self image and how like you can't control anything, but you can control your self image. And that dictates everything you do thus far after. So you had the self image, you know, being in college, like I said, that go getter, like yeah. I'm going to go get it. I'm going to grind. Yeah. I'm going to go to another city. I'm going to do whatever I need to yeah. do. All right, now you're getting screwed on work. You get you at this job that's taking your soul. So yeah. now it's like, I'm a go-getter, but like I feel like I'm getting got. And then you Facts. get sick and you really get got. And Facts. then you're at the position where like, I can't be who I think I am, yep. who I know myself to be. So like you're literally trying to recreate your identity. And, and the thing is, it's like when you look at any successful person, they always get to that point where they have to kind of make that decision. They say failure is always, you know, creates a seed of equal, mm -hmm. equal opportunity. And it's like, no matter where you are, I don't know who's listening to this, but no matter where you are, how low you think you are, like you have to recreate yourself as who you would like to be. Exactly. Like you didn't know it at the time, but that job and, and you had the freedom, you didn't know that's what it was at the time, but you're like, okay, I can work from home and at least like recreate myself build myself like, okay. yeah, yeah yeah build myself back up and then fast forward i guess you can continue the story yeah. from there like you're back in providence you found a spot yeah um, yeah i i found this place in cranston i moved here and i started that job like right away and it was just something to basically distract me from a lot of the shit that was going on at the time which was good and then like, you know, it, it was, I learned a completely new language, essentially, like understanding the ins and outs of, of routers and it, it, like the internet. I just net, I had never had that level of exposure to tech, which was dope because I mean, I hadn't, I'd had no interest to be honest, but it was a job and an opportunity and it was a great distraction from what was going on in my other, other aspects of life, you really know, force you to dive in. To exactly. I had to, I had to be present because I was dealing with thousands of customers. We had a huge customer base and I'd have to be the person on the other end of the line providing support when their internet went out, when they didn't understand. And like, I'm, I'm listening. These are all like fucking 
Trump supporters in the middle of Kentucky calling me on some shit. Like, and I had to be able to know what I was talking about. And I felt the level of anxiety that would come over me when they asked me a question that I didn't have the answer to. Mm. And that motivated me to want to understand it because I wanted to be the most knowledgeable person in the room. I always, always had that mentality where I never want to not be able to help somebody who has a question. I want to figure out the answer and not give them some bullshit. So mm. I just spent day in and day out trying to understand this industry that was something I had no understanding of before then. Um, and at the same time, just like trying to balance all the anxiety, all the depression that was like plaguing my day to day. So that took months and months to get for like get anywhere. Exactly what you were saying. I didn't feel like I was the same version of myself that I was through college, through the start of my career. And I had to accept the changes that were happening. I had to accept the just fact accepted. that I was never gonna be that version of Ilana that I was in college because I was a person with all the energy. I would do six things a day, but guess what? I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't eating. I wasn't taking care of myself. And then I would find myself in these predicaments with my health, with my mental health, my physical health. And it became a pattern. And I, I had to, that getting sick like that, I like realized I had, I, exactly. It was, I was supporting so much of my image. Like you said, I was feeding my ego because people would perceive me as this person who was doing all these great things and was gonna mm. be successful. But what is success if I'm not going to be alive to fucking feel that? Mm. What's success if I'm not going to be able to actually feel passionate about the work I'm doing because I'm not getting the support within myself that I needed? So then a question for you then. Um, do you believe that at that point in time, like doing your videography stuff and, and working for the nonprofit, do you feel like you were working in your purpose at that point? Or do you feel like you were, like you said, like you mentioned feeding your ego. Do you feel like it was more of the ego thing or was it actually like doing something you wanted to do looking back yeah i think it started as something i wanted to do for sure but i think over the probably the course of like four or five months is where the shift happened mm -hmm. because i started to feel less connected to the work i was doing mostly because i was taking on clients that i mean at first i was only working with clients that were doing something good for the community i was only working with clients where i'd be able to put my ethos and my emotion into mm -hmm. the work i was doing and then i started being a little bit desperate honestly to have some form of income and have some portfolio so i started taking on commercial projects mm -hmm. and projects that i normally wouldn't want to be involved with because i needed to do it for income purposes or just to like keep my business afloat but yeah, I felt like at that point, that's when I started to move away from what was really connecting me to that industry. Yeah, and same thing with the nonprofit. It was like at first, I, I mean, I was working at the nonprofit to support the housing crisis and homelessness in the state, mm. which is an amazing cause to work for. But it was about four or five months into even working that job where the work that I was doing day to day wasn't supportive of the constituents that were experiencing this displacement. What I was doing was managing the fucking petty ass white women at the top of these nonprofits who were basically trying to compete to be the best nonprofit. But there was no community work involved. Wow. And so I realized I saw right through what was happening and I should have left in that moment, but I didn't. And that's when I started to feel like, oh, I'm going to use this for my advantage or I'm going to try to really get to this place where I can better, so, like, I guess, place myself for my next steps. But that's when I should have I should have just completely disconnected myself from both of those things when I started to get away from my initial goal. Mm. But I needed that. Honestly, I, I needed that because I think it made me realize, like, how deep you can get and how far away from your actual values you can get while being in the same place. Mm. It was just, it was wild. 
Hey, are you looking to start that new side hustle or dive into that new hobby of video editing? Or maybe you want to start a podcast. Um, maybe you need a logo or you need a logo animation. Hey, well, Fiverr is the place to go. Okay, Fiverr is a place where you can find contractors with varying skills in multiple different fields that can help you grow your business. We're talking if you need an administrative assistant, you can find them on Fiverr. If you need a video editor, you can find them on Fiverr. If you need somebody to record a voiceover like I'm doing right now, you can find them on Fiverr. Okay, anything you would need to help grow your business is on Fiverr. So to get started and find your freelancer contractor today, click the link in the show notes to get started. So how do you so I guess maybe and, and maybe we're kind of figuring that out on the spot because I've come to those same crossroads where I'm doing something and then the purpose and passion that I was doing it with, it starts to drift a little mm-hmm. bit and something else becomes becomes a focal point. So how do we as people, yeah. especially people, most people listen to this podcast, like they're go-getters or people who want to make their, how do you stay the course and really stay grounded in what it is like your, your purpose or your, yeah. your passion? Like, how do you stay grounded? I feel like what's inevitable is that our goals and passions are going to shift over time and i think what people get caught up in is wanting them to stay the exact same and wanting to like get back to what it once was Hmm. but i think being able to be malleable in that process and recognize that you might not feel the same level of passion for something you're doing every day for three years that's normal so i think what it more comes down to is like almost like taking a few steps back and thinking what other opportunities are going to come from this same thing that I'm doing? How else can I leverage what I'm doing in a different way to be more aligned with my goals, but still do what I've committed mm. myself to? Because I think that it's it's looking at it as like, oh, I have to be committed to this because I've 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 said I'm going to, right? I have to be committed to this because it was my passion three years ago. But what do I want to do with this mm. now? And how can I make some adjustment to in order for it to be more aligned with where I'm going? Mm. Which I don't think that's easy, you know, because like you have to have so much self-awareness and be able to reflect on, okay, what has shifted over time? Like what, why is this not the same for me? Why does this not fuel me the same way? But I know for me, like when I accomplish something, I'm always like, well, shit, I, I did the goal I had. Now what? That's even me right now. I'm like, well, I got to this point. What's next? But (laughs) it's like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, so it's like, but I don't want my initial thought to be like, let me quit and do something different. It's more like, how can I take the same opportunity and leverage that next step or grow, like grow in a different way or challenge myself in a different way while still being in this same place? And I think you, the key word in that, it was reflection. So in mm-hmm. order to reflect on something, you have to set aside dedicated time. So let's go back to the go-getter, because this yeah. is something I'm learning right now, like currently, like. You can go get all day, all day, but you can't reflect on what you're getting at or what you're doing. So if you don't have time to reflect and to actually think about what you're doing instead of just doing, that's when you end up just, you call it, they call it the rat race. I think that's that's the ultimate rat race is not chasing money. It's chasing something without even knowing what you're chasing. You're just doing it just to do. That's the definition of insanity. You don't know know what you're doing. So I think it's like very valuable for people like, like meditation. Like this is something I'm learning. Like I meditate pretty much every day. But I don't always set aside time to write, to journal, yeah. just to sit and think. Like, it can just be with no, the music off and just chill and I do that. But, like, really write out those thoughts and, and track those thoughts to see if those thoughts make sense. And maybe those thoughts are actually detrimental mm-hmm. to what you're actually trying to do. Maybe, though, but you don't know that until you actually take the time to it's think. True. Like, you got to, 
and you work in software IT. Yeah. We can't up we can't update our computer without changing the the, the mainframe, the hard drive, the, you know what I mean, the yeah. software behind it. So I think like setting aside that time to reflect and figure out like what you're doing and how it is yep. affecting you and how it is taking you where it is you want to go. Yeah, it is taking. It's you true. You yeah. It's funny because I, I feel like my whole life people have always said that, like, oh, you need to set aside time to reflect and independently meditate and work to get more in touch with yourself. And I've found that those tools, while they're wonderful, don't work for me. And I started to realize over the last year that what works for me is being able to reflect outwardly, like even just this conversation, mm. conversing with other people and being able to share what I'm thinking and feeling out loud is my way of meditating. It's my way of reflecting because I'm able to like verbalize what's happening authentically. Whereas when I sit down with a pen and paper, I sit down to try to process what's happening. I'll get so overwhelmed that I feel mm. like I need, it's almost like it needs to come out of my body. And the only way I know how to do that is through expression verbally. And so that's become my form of reflection over the last, I'd say like two years that I've started to accept that you can meditate in your own way. It doesn't have to be me sitting down and breathing is in silence for five minutes. It can be, I'm, I'm engaging in a conversation with somebody who I value and trust that they're, they're, like you know committed to my growth just as much as i am and mm -hmm. vice versa so i'm able to share you know what i'm what i'm going through what i'm you know my goals are and that to me is the same same exact thing as sitting down and reflecting for mm -hmm. five minutes you know mm -hmm. um i had a thought but i lost it um i forgot what the thought was <laughs> you're good yeah, yeah if it comes um, back you know i'm gonna stop this one and start another one okay Yo, thank you for listening to the Beast Podcast. We hope that you learned something and are empowered and inspired to be a better version of yourself. Uh, please go ahead and subscribe, like, share it with a friend, a family member, or anybody who can get some value from it. Uh, don't forget to rate and review the podcast. All right, y'all. Be great.